I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Howdy and welcome to episode 72 of Wiki Shuffle. My name's Jack. I'm joined as always by Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. Welcome to all our new readers from The Guardian. Uh, we were in The Guardian Guide yesterday, weren't we? And that's... Um, that's amazing because I, I told my mum and dad that I was going to be in the guide because we'd had an email from the guide saying I you're going to be in the Guardian guide send us your info and I was like oh my god and I was told my mum and my dad and they were said they were proud of me I haven't actually seen the Guardian though um, from from Saturday have, have you got a copy Phil yeah we've got a centre page spread it's a, actually no no oh. we're not we're not in the Guardian we're not even though they said we were going to be even though they even though I told my mum my mum and dad that I was I yep. was going to be in it, and they said they were proud. Oh, Turns out they've got no reason to be proud. I'll read this email that was received on the 4th of May, at 5.31, from Nicholas Pritchard. Are we, are we naming and shaming, are we? <laughs> yeah, too right. Nick might be gutted. It might have been his editor that has forced it, us it out. Might. It probably was. It probably yeah. was. Hi, Nick here on Guardian's Guide section. We're putting together a large feature on podcasts due out on 14th of May. Are you able to provide us with some images to accompany a mention of Wikishuffle, please? A variety of images would be ideal, including a JPEG file of the logo if possible. Please let me know if you need any more info. At that point we all wet our pants. I was very happy. I've never been as excited as I was at that point to get that. I told everyone I know. Everyone I know. Um, <laughs> completely unsolicited email from The Guardian. And let's face it, we're a bunch of lefty liberal Guardian readers on I this podcast. I used to read The Guide every week. Used Genuinely. Used to up until well, I haven't this for a few, No, I haven't, I haven't for a few years. But when I was a teenager and early 20s, I would read it religiously. The Guardian is absolutely my go-to for any news story whatsoever. Suffice to say, we, we very quickly got back to Nicholas Pritchard at the Guardian. Hi, Nick. And responded to say, well, that was an email to make three idiot Guardian reading podcasters very happy. I'm not too proud to admit that your message made me do an audible squee with excitement. Oh, Phil. Have you not heard this email (laughs) before? Do you think this is the reason that we're not on there? Might be. Maybe maybe went a little overboard. (laughs) I I thought, pull at the heartstrings, make sure we knew how how important this was to us. So far, despite the award last year, the only media coverage we've managed to garner is a very lovely review in the Nassau Tribune, the Bahamas' second most prestigious local paper. Don't, don't do that down. <laughs> that was a big moment for well, us. At the, at, well, at the time, I felt like we could just cut the Nassau Tribune loose because they weren't important to us anymore. <laughs> this was hubris. Hubris of the highest order. So we're crawling back to Nassau. I am. I'm yeah. sorry, Nassau Tribune, for besmirching you. I called them very lovely. I've attached a bunch of images, including the logo, which is to say we thought we were getting a full feature just on us, which, again, a little bit hubristic. Ah, oh, Phil. <laughs> this is like, it's like going on a date and then sending the date. 14 text messages before you've even reached your car. <laughs> I haven't been on a date in a very long time. Um, and it shows. But, hi Philip, this is the response that I got pretty much straight away. Thanks very much for these. The logo should do nicely and I'm glad that you guys are pleased to be included. Oh, Nick. I can send you PDF for your records next Monday if Just you like. Look forward to that. <laughs> Message him, <laughs> email him back and say, oh Nick, we, we didn't get a copy, unfortunately. Um, we were all... Um, indisposed. Could you PDF us a copy, please? Nick, if you're listening, um, we're not angry. 
We're not angry. We're I, just disappointed. I'm it's a little bit angry. I'm, I bought I'm, the frigging I'm paper. fucking salty as anything right now. What am I going to do with, I don't know, what's in the Guardian these days? 101 ways to well, no, cook I mean, quinoa. To be fair, <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be fair, there's a write-up on cereal in there. Uh, it's good that small podcasts are getting mentions. I would have never expected us to be in that list. Oh, God, no. They're all big podcasts. They're all great podcasts. They're, I've heard of every single podcast in there. But they told us that we were. <laughs> they specifically and directly in an email to us told us we were going to be in there. I just want to make clear that we're not bitter. We're not bitter. In any way. I stayed up until half past four in the morning the day before the article came out. Specifically, I, I'm not looking good. I'm not coming out of any of this looking good, am I? I've not kept my cool a through bit, any of this. A little bit desperate. A hugely desperate. A little bit. I stayed up until half past four, tweaking the website, making sure that it all looked good so that mm. any new listeners, any new viewers would see us at our best. Did or, you tell your mum? I told my mum. Of course I did. She oh, was dead My mum was really proud. Like, genuinely really proud. That's the first time I've had a chance to make my parents proud. In, well, I mean, I've had chances. I've just not taken any of them. <laughs> but it's the, it's the first real opportunity to and make them proud. Let and them I've, down again. I've let them down again. Well, no, Nick from The Guardian has <laughs> let them down. Oh, let's not blame Nick. You I can text my mum, Nick. The last thing I want is beef with The Guardian, because I like The Guardian. I, I know, like fuck it. I'm, in, I'm an independent reader. Fuck The Guardian. Oh, I've got some bad news for you. The Independent doesn't exist anymore in print form, and their website is one of the worst monstrosities ever to happen to the internet. Well, I will fight you. Really? Do you like the Independent website? It's like a newsy buzzfeed. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you not like that? Anyway, we're not bitter, and this podcast is still going, and the Nassau Tribune in the Bahamas still love us. Well, did they love us? They they gave us a favourable review. They gave us a (laughs) favourable review. I wouldn't say love. Anyway, this is Wiki Shuffle. Phil, for our new listeners, <laughs> what is Wiki Shuffle? We even snuck in a cheeky mention of The Guardian in our previous episode. We did. We weren't so confident it was going to happen that we actually before announced it. But we snuck in in last week's episode a little mention about us trying to be a bit more highbrow for our new Guardian listeners. Don't know if you noticed. <laughs> um, but where are they? Nowhere to be seen. No, I, I appreciate that editorial decisions have to be taken. And it's very important that the public get to find out about Serial. And Radio Lab. Yeah. And Mark Maron. But hi, we love doing what we're doing. <laughs> so, Wiki Shuffle. What is it, Phil? Well, we've got our dedicated band of listeners who we love still. <laughs> hi there. Never mind those guys. We're not idiots. like a bank or a betting company. We don't just want new customers. We're not Sky. We love our existing customers. Absolutely. Do we call them customers? Is that. <laughs> <laughs> Patrons. Patrons. <laughs> we love you. And um, we don't give a fuck about Guardian readers. I imagine there's quite a crossover in the Guardian readership with our existing listeners. Also, we clearly very much do give a fuck. Very, very much. Mm. You can tell by the fact that we've been waffling on about this somewhat. I don't. I've got a massive big paper to get rid of now. £2.80. Exactly. That's how much it costs. £2.80. It's full of shite. We're blacklisted now. Yeah, right, Wiki Shuffle, it. what is it? Let's, let's Wiki do this. Wiki Shuffle is a podcast. You know what podcasts are, and if you don't, you can read The Guardian. They've got a section all about them. <laughs> yeah. But Wiki Shuffle yeah. is a podcast where we press the random article button on Wikipedia, and then we talk about whatever comes up. It's a really simple format. It's a great format. It's really easily accessible, I would say. I'd say so. To the I kind s- of people that read The Guardian.
This is a list of inventors killed by their own inventions. It's a shame. Unfortunate. Make something and killed by your own robot. Is that what you think it is? Sen- <laughs> sentient beings? Yeah, is this a list of robots that have killed their owners? Yeah. Is this what it is? Probably not. It's probably like can openers and stuff. Oh. Medicine. It'll be medicine. This is a list of inventors whose deaths were in some manner caused by or related to a product, process, procedure or other innovation that they invented or designed. Like a death bot. Like a death bot. <laughs> or, this isn't just going to be an article of elaborate suicides, is it? Because I don't think I'd like that. That could be a bit <laughs> grisly be. if someone's gone proper full sore in their <laughs> attempts to take their own lives. The first section is entitled Direct Casualties. Is this going to be a bit macabre? Are we okay I with the cast? I'm fine, yeah. All right, then. Sylvester H. Roper was the inventor of the eponymous steam-powered bicycle. He died of a heart attack or subsequent crash during a public speed trial in 1896. <laughs> it is unknown whether the crash caused the heart attack or vice versa. Either way, as our introduction to this section... He was killed whilst on his invention, but if you've invented a mode of transport, it's fairly likely to happen. Well, he died doing what he loved. Having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Francis Edgar Stanley was killed while driving a Stanley Steamer automobile. Mm. That sounds like a lewd sex That's act, doesn't it? That's what I was it? thinking. The old Stanley Steamer sounds better. We wrong. said we were going to intentionally try and avoid the smut this I week. I haven't said what's smutty about it. It's probably something scatological. It's definitely okay, scatological. It's getting worse. <laughs> it's getting worse, not better. Definitely scatological. I, I don't care anymore. I'm just going full smut because Guardian have snubbed us and you know, the chains are off. It's going to be an embittered episode of, of Wiki Shuffle. I'm fuming. I, I was about ready to throw the towel in yesterday, but I've got over it now. Throw the towel in in, in general, in the, yeah. the whole podcasting world. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's uh, such a small I've step given it. I've given it my best shot. Mm. The Guardian have snubbed us. That's it. I'm not doing this anymore. It's that yeah. close. Anyway, Francis Edgar Stanley was killed while driving a Stanley Steamer automobile. He drove his car into a wood pile while attempting to avoid farm wagons travelling side by side on the road. Not fulfilling the criteria for me. This isn't the, the rip-roaring article that I imagined it would be. Especially since, in the early days of the automobile, practically every car on the road was made by its, the person driving it. So it wasn't really their invention so much as they were having a go at something that was already out there. Try harder. Let's see what the aviation section's got to say for us. Ismail Ibn Hamad al-Jawari, a Muslim Kazakh Turkic scholar from Farab, attempted to fly using two wooden wings and a rope. He leapt That's from the like roof it. of a mosque in Nishapur and fell to his death. Someone, That's it. That's someone what we would like. have told them. Come on, Ismail. This is not going to work. <laughs> he was only seven when he died. He was seven? Stupid child. No, no, he died circa 10.03 oh, to 10.10. Oh, right, 10. sorry, I didn't look So that. it's not as if the people telling him this was a bad idea had got existing aeroplanes as a point of reference, but that takes some chutzpah. Mm. At least Stupidity. try it on, like, a cat first or something. Yeah, but then it would land fine, and you'd be like, oh, well, that's great. Yeah, oh, good point. maybe he did. So he was attempting to fly using two wooden wings and a rope. He leapt from the roof of a mosque... We'll try it off a smaller height first. The steps. Do a shed. Franz Reichelt, 1879-1912, was a tailor who fell to his death off the first deck of the Eiffel Tower while testing his invention, the coat parachute. It was his first attempt with the parachutes, and he had told the authorities that he would first test it with a dummy. And kind of did. Sorry, did I steal your joke you there? Did, yeah, I, I was literally <laughs> inhaling to do the same joke. The fact that you got in there with the same joke tells me it was too obvious. Too I'm obvious. glad I didn't. Yep. There is a picture of Franz Reichelt's parachute suit. 
fine moustache. If you go onto the article, there's a video. A video of him jumping to his death. His death, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, oh, I was unexpected. I'm watching this. <laughs> I shouldn't really laugh at that. Reichelt's preparations and fall were captured on film by cinematographers who had turned up to record his experiment. The film also includes scenes of the body being removed and the measurement of the hollow created by Reichelt's impact. Jesus, when who's I, a dummy first? When I was watching that video, I was expecting it to be like, a, you know... Oh a, my God. A QVC thing of him showing off this is the... This is the coat, but no, you just show him jumping. It's it's black and white, and it's very grainy footage, and it's, it's the the film makes it look exactly like a Charlie Chapman film, where yeah. it's sort of everyone looks like they're moving a bit too fast because it's a bit too I don't know what the technical reason for that is, but but it looks like a just a comedy. Whoa! Yeah, unexpected. He just goes straight down. <laughs> what a chump! On Sunday, February the 4th at 7am, he arrived at the tower by car with two friends. He was already wearing his parachute suit. The news footage of his jump shows him modelling his invention in its folded form, which Le Galois described as only a little more voluminous than ordinary clothing. The suit did not restrict the wearer's movements when the parachute was packed, and Le Petit Parisien described the method of deploying the parachute as being as simple as extending the arms out to form a cross with the body. Once extended, the outfit resembled a sort of cloak fitted with a vast hood of silk. Seemingly undeterred by the failure of his previous tests, he'd already had failed tests. What an <laughs> idiot. He told journalists from Le Petit Journal that he was totally convinced his apparatus would work and work well. When questioned as to whether he plans to take any additional precautions such as using a safety rope, he replied that he would not since he intended to trust his life entirely to his parachute. I want to try the experiment myself and without trickery as I intend to prove the worth of my invention. <laughs> Oh dear, those aren't good last words, are they? Apparently his right leg and arm were crushed, his skull and spine were broken, he was bleeding from his mouth, nose and ears. Um, he jumped off the Eiffel Tower. Le Figaro noted that his eyes were wide open, dilated with terror. He was already dead by the time onlookers rushed to his body. Michael Dacre died in 2009, age 53, after testing his flying taxi device designed to permit fast, affordable travel between regional cities. Air taxi? Apparently, he called it the jet pod. It sounds too futuristic for 2009. And it would have went at 340 miles an hour. And would only need 125 metres to take off or land. Uh, The trip from Heathrow Airport to central London would take four minutes and cost about $100. That's his first mistake. Charge pounds. No one has dollars (laughs) lying about in London. (laughs) If you have a look for it, the jet pod, it looks a lot like Thunderbird 4. What I'm taking from that is that you know the numbers of all the Thunderbird vehicles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up. I just looked up. I had to look up the number. You had to look up the number. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. All oh, right. I'm not some big Thunderbird nerd. <laughs> Thunder nerd? Thunder nerd. <laughs> Horace Lawson Hunley who died in 1863, aged 40, was a Confederate marine engineer and inventor of the first combat submarine. Hunley died during a trial of his vessel. During a routine test of the submarine, which had already suffered one accident, Hunley took command. After failing to resurface, Hunley and the seven other crew members drowned. The Navy salvaged the submarine and put it back into use. Waste not, want not. Thomas Midgley Jr. was an American engineer and chemist who contracted polio at the age of 51, leaving him severely disabled. He devised an elaborate system of ropes and pulleys to help others lift him from bed. Uh Uh-oh. Can see where this is going. He was accidentally entangled in the ropes of the device and died of strangulation at the age of 55. Hmm, like um, Wallace out of Wallace and Gromit. 
wrong trousers <laughs> would have ended really badly. If oh that had been done oh like my that. god! <laughs> However, Thomas Midgley was more famous and infamous for two of his other inventions: tetraethyl lead the additive to gasoline, and chlorofluorocarbons. So the good news is that he, um, even after his death, he managed to take lots of people with him. Alexander Bogdanov was a Russian physician, philosopher, science fiction writer, and revolutionary of Belarusian ethnicity who experimented with blood transfusion. Oh there are some things you shouldn't really... Experiment with? Mm. He experimented with blood transfusion. This is, sorry, to give some context, he lived from the 22nd of August 1873 to the 7th of April 1928, presumably, since we we already know the outcome of this mm -hmm. experimentation. Uh, this is 1928 that he was tinkering with blood transfusion. Attempting to achieve eternal youth... Oh. Or at least partial rejuvenation. He died after he took the blood of a student suffering from malaria and tuberculosis, <laughs> who may also have been given the wrong blood type. Oh, Alexander. There's so many things wrong with your theory. In 1924, this is from, there's a really massive article on Bogdanov, and I'm only going to read this bit. In 1924, Bogdanov started his blood transfusion experiments, apparently hoping to achieve eternal youth or at least partial rejuvenation. Lenin's sister, Maria Ulyanova, was among many who volunteered to take part in Bogdanov's experiments. After undergoing 11 blood transfusions, he remarked with satisfaction on the improvement of his eyesight, suspension of balding, and other possible positive symptoms. Balding kind of suspends itself anyway, I can tell you yeah. from first-hand experience. I started to bald about 10 years ago. I've got a bald spot and it's never gone anywhere beyond that and I didn't have to vibe the blood of strangers for that yeah. to happen. No, that's not bad. That you know of. You're on the cusp, I'd say. Any more, you're just going to have to get rid of the hair, but you're all right. Style tips. Chris, you're fine for now. Thanks. Yeah, you two have got very full heads of hair. Mine's going, mine's thinning out. You're a little bit of a widow's peak appearing, but that's just bit. distinguished. Well, you know, the thing is distinguished, whether you are. Can we go back to Bogdanov and his revolutionary blood transfusions? After undergoing 11 blood transfusions, he remarked with satisfaction on the improvement of his eyesight, suspension of balding, and other positive symptoms. The fellow revolutionary Leonid Krasin wrote to his wife that Bogdanov seems to have become seven, no, ten years younger after the operation. <laughs> In 1925 to 1926, Bogdanov founded the Institute for Hematology and Blood Transfusions, which was later named after him. What, they didn't close it after he died? But a later transfusion cost his life when he took the blood of a student suffering from malaria and tuberculosis. Bogdanov died, but the student injected with his blood made a complete recovery. Yeah, swings and roundabouts. Hmm. I tell you what, actually, this is a complete side note. Yesterday, I did some DIY, Ooh. which is unlike me. It's not a sentence I was expecting yeah. to hear. I, I did it. I put up a, a cube. A oh, you did a full cube. cube. It was like it was. It's put, it was put together, wasn't it? It was done well. Yeah, yeah. A cube, but, like a, a shelving cube. Right. Not just like. A cube. I didn't make like <laughs> Philip Schofield's cube. <laughs> didn't nail a Rubik's cube to the wall. <laughs> no, that'll be good though. I had a grown-up moment yesterday. You know how they say about don't remember scissors. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, when I was putting the shelf, you know together, how they say. Yeah, I tell you not to do that. I was I had to screw some bits in. Mm. Oh, I couldn't find a screwdriver. So you use scissors. So I use scissors, and then I realised two minutes in when I had my hand wrapped around some scissors, <laughs> with a, like a kitchen towel, so I didn't hurt myself too much. I realised this is a bad idea, so I stopped myself. Wow. And I, and I got a screwdriver from my shop. Look at Chris's learning curve, normally, everybody. I could see what happens. Normally, uh -huh. I live always at the beginning of a casualty episode. <laughs> always. But this time, I preempted it and thought, you know what? This isn't going to happen today. I'm going to have all my fingers, and I do. 
But that's what they always did at Casualty. After the first couple of seasons where it would just be somebody precariously standing on a ladder, then mm. falling off it, after a, they got wise to realise people could see what was going to happen. So they'd have someone precariously standing on a ladder or trying to use a pair of scissors as a screwdriver. Then that would turn out fine. Yeah. As a, that was just a red herring. Then they'd step out to go and buy themselves a screwdriver and get run over. Yeah, exactly. So danger's everywhere. Danger is everywhere. Also, all this, what are you doing? Because you're like... I feel like Chris is progressing in life faster than me, and that's a worry. Yeah, he's doing I, DIY and stuff. I'm, I'm not doing I'm DIY. Not ready for that. I drive now. They let me behind the motor vehicle. Got a house. This is called a character arc. <laughs> yeah, you've you've embarked on a character arc. Oh, where will it end? Probably a disaster. With some kind of emotional resolution, it'll be fine. Oh, okay. Carol Suchek, 1947 to 1985, was a Canadian professional stuntman who developed a shock-absorbent barrel. Wonder where this is going. Mm. <laughs> he died following a demonstration involving the barrel after being dropped from the roof of the Houston Astrodome. He was fatally wounded when his barrel hit the rim of the water tank meant to cushion his fall. Right, if he was making this shock-absorbent barrel, did he have to be in it to prove it worked? Well, who would ever need a shot of a barrel with a person in it? He didn't need to do that. Unless he, he, someone really didn't like his barrel and he says, I'll show you how good it is. But then he let himself down anyway. Because... The magic of film is that you can just say that there's a person in a barrel when you show that barrel going off the Niagara Falls. It doesn't actually need to be a yeah, person exactly. in it. Unless his head was sticking out the top like the fella in Pop-Up Pirates. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. This, this whole thing brings to mind the phrase hoisted by his own petard. Yeah. Well, I don't know what that is. I've never heard that. Phil, you must life. know. When you're hoisted by your own petard... Petard is a small bomb used for blowing up gates and walls when breaching fortifications. Ah. It's a French origin and dates back to the 16th century. Uh, a typical petard was a conical or rectangular metal device containing two to three kilograms of gunpowder with a small, a slow match for a fuse. It's basically a grenade and you've, you've not ran away fast enough from that grenade. Boom. Hoisted. Boom. Hoist with his own petard is a Shakespearean idiom. William Shakespeare wrote hoist with his own petard in Hamlet. Lee Si, prime minister during the Qin dynasty, was executed by the five pains method, Ooh. which he had devised. I've heard of that. The five pains. Yeah, it's gross. I think it's gross. Do we want to go into that, therefore? Let's see. Yes, Let's see. we do. Quing was the first stage. The offender would be tattooed on the face or forehead with indelible ink. So like a penis. Like ah. a cock on the forehead. <laughs> That's a bad pain. Yeah. But it gets worse. The offender's nose was then cut off. Uh, without anaesthetic. That would be sore. Uh, the next stage involved amputation of the left or right foot or both. Other sources claim that this punishment also involved the removal of the kneecap. Oh, lumpy legs. That's not fun. And then the fourth stage. The gong. The gong, which is where the male offender's reproductive organs were removed, the penis was removed and the testicles were cut off, and the offender was sentenced to work as a eunuch in the Imperial Palace. So you would go through these stages. You might get to just one, depending on yeah, what level of crime She's you've like, committed. You get the tattoo. But no matter what, yeah. if you've committed a crime, you're going to get a dick on your forehead. Yeah. Forever. Just your... Indelible. Just like the word bellend. Just, yeah. I mean, everyone yeah. knows. Do you want to oh, join yeah. the Pen 15 Club? That kind of stuff. Yeah. The fifth level is uh, the death sentence. And the execution methods were quartering, boiling alive, Ouch. tearing off an offender's head what? and four limbs by attaching them to chariots. It's excessive, isn't oh. it? <laughs> Beheading, executioning, uh, execution and abandonment of the offender's body in the local public market. <laughs> Hush. Strangulation, or my favourite, slow slicing. 
I love a slow sliced human. Tearing off an offender's head and four limbs by attaching them to chariots. That's hilarious. Well, firstly, no, it isn't. And secondly, that's that's a very labour-intensive way of going about things, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got to have, as a minimum, five chariots, five horses and five chariot riders. Yeah. Presumably somebody else to well, do all the You all say the that, but, like, up. yeah, now it would be difficult to get hold of five chariots. Back then, bloody everywhere. You couldn't mm. move for chariots. I mean, if you, if you went to... Let's say George Osborne was hung, or, or was he was going to be executed, and it was just a hanging, you'd be like, oh, well, you know... I might go, I might not. It's not much of a spectacle. If you said George Osborne's being pulled apart by five chariots, you'd be there. And yeah. you would get front row tickets. Valerian Abakovsky, eighteen ninety-five to nineteen twenty-one, constructed the Aero Wagon, an experimental high-speed rail car fitted with an aircraft engine and propeller traction. It was intended to carry Soviet officials. On 24th of July 1921, a group led by Fyodor Sergeyev took the aero wagon from Moscow to the Tula collieries to test it, with Abrakovsky also on board. They successfully arrived in Tula, but on the return routes to Moscow, the aero wagon derailed at high speed, killing everyone on board, including Abrakovsky, at the age of 25. 25 is too young to be entrusted with that kind of job. Can I legit- Is that a legitimate thing to say? 25, you need to have proved yourself on other projects before you're just given an aero wagon that you no, can work on at your own. I think that's fine. I'm 28 and I feel like you trust me with an aero wagon. I feel like I, you're the example I'm using as to why 25 is too I just young. told you I put that shelf up and was really responsible. You've convinced I've me. I proved myself that way. You've convinced me. Let me be in charge of the aero wagon. You're in I charge. I promise it won't derail. You I, now- I don't want you to be in charge of a cat. I have been in charge of a cat and the cat was fine. Except that time I fed it that jalapeno. <laughs> your very best anecdote is the time you fed a jalapeno to your cat. Yeah. It's your go-to. Mm-hmm. It's good. Always bring that one out. Okay, you've taught me around. You are now officially in charge of Wiki Shuffle's Aero Wagon. Right, good. I, I expect progress updates. Popular myths and related stories. Do these mean it's not? they're not real? <laughs> I, I don't know. What's funny about that? <laughs> Myth. <laughs> But popular myths and related stories. <laughs> What's a related story? <laughs> it's a, it's, well, if it's myths. Is it well, no, but myths then you look at them and they're not particularly mythical. Jim Fix, 1932 to 84, authored the best-selling book, The Complete Book of Running. Not a myth. And is credited with helping start America's fitness revolution. Also not a myth. Hmm. Popularising the sport of running and demonstrating the health benefits of rog- regular jogging. That's or regular jegging. Either way. On the 20th of July, 1984, Fix died at the age of 52 of a fulminant heart attack after his daily run on Vermont Route 15 in Hardwick, Vermont. That's not a myth. Well, it might be. Why? Because it said it's a myth. I'm going to take that as a myth. It said it's a related story or a myth. Different. It's either a myth or a related story. But if it's a related story, it's related to being a myth. If it's a myth, it's a terrible one. Joseph Ignace Guillotine, while he did not invent the guillotine, his name became an eponym for it. Rumours circulated that he died by the machine, but historical references show that he died of natural causes. Gravity's natural. So that's a myth, because there's a suggestion that it happened when it didn't. So if Jim Fix, everyone said he died of a heart attack while jogging and he didn't, then that would be the mythical element. But it seems to suggest that it did happen, so it's not a myth. 
Oh, it's a related story, but he didn't invent running. Running was already invented. He just died of it. Ah, right. I think you could be... Yeah, because he's yeah. not truly the inventor. No, he didn't invent He's just popularised. So this story is similar to the subject, yeah. but not directly... I think we've got to the bottom of mm. it. See how quick he was to make fun of me as if, oh, he's going to say something stupid. I didn't say anything stupid. I said a pretty reasonable thing. No. <laughs> Phil said myths, and you said, does this mean they're made up? No, and he said myths and related stories. <sighs> James Jimmy Heseldon, 1948-2010, having recently purchased the Segway production company, died in a single-vehicle Segway accident. I did hear that one. That's pretty funny. Segwayed off a cliff. Yeah. It's not funny because it's somebody's life and he had a family and he had children and and, and that's a shame. (laughs) But at the same time, (laughs) Segwaying off a cliff is pretty stupid. He died doing what he loved. Segwaying off a cliff. Segwaying. Have you ever been on a Segway? No, I'd love to why would you love to? It'd be fun. Oh yeah, my god, fun, I can totally that? see you on a Segway. Exactly. I'd get around yeah. everywhere, woman. Phil, I can't see you on a Segway. I can't see you on anything. Maybe a tram. You can see me on a tram. Would yeah, be my I can see you on a tram. No, no, you know, what are those things they use in cowboy films where there's two people and they're on a train track? <laughs> <laughs> one of the handheld train cars. Yeah, things. I can see yeah. you on one of them. Uh-huh. Yeehaw. Yeah, looking for gold or whatever. Wan Hu, a 16th century Chinese official, is said to have attempted to launch himself into outer space <laughs> in a chair to which 47 rockets were attached. See, what's he going to do when he gets there? <laughs> he hasn't really thought about that bit, has he? Well, it wasn't, he didn't really need to worry about it because the rockets exploded and it said that neither he nor the chair were ever seen again. So, <laughs> Nor the chair. Just blown to smithereens. Everyone's like, well, we haven't found him. Oh, well, Mars. look for the chair. <laughs> Perillus of Athens, circa. 550 before the current era according to legend was the first to be roasted in the brazen bull he made for Phalaris of Sicily for executing criminals what does that mean? the brazen bull there's a picture of it just there it was a copper I'm doing this from memory rather than from knowledge I should probably just click through and read it it was like a copper bull that was hollow inside and you put a criminal inside it and you'd put a fire underneath and so they'd cook inside this oh that's not very nice copper, at all copper oven that sounds horrible it doesn't sound nice, but he invented it and then they put him in it first just to test that it works. That's the kind of thing that they get baddies to do in, in films, isn't it? Yeah. Which never makes any sense. I will immediately hate a film if a, if a big baddie, the first action he does when he comes on screen is kill one of his henchmen. Why? That's not how the world works. Don't do that. No mm. one's going to follow you if you just routinely but kill they, your they henchmen. Get you to the fear. My boss is really scary. I reckon if our boss in work shot a co-worker in front of me, I'd be like, shit, I'm going to make sure I get this spreadsheet done. <laughs> First off, you're not trusted with spreadsheets. <laughs> we all know that. You're living a lie there if you think that you're ever going to be tasked with spreadsheet yeah. production. I always have to have the copies. Yes. <laughs> with my own initial on them. <laughs> and second off, you would just call the police. Thanks for listening to us whine about The Guardian. The implication there is that we've done whining about The Guardian. I'm not. Do you know why? Because I really thought I was going to make my parents proud. And it's such a little thing, because we'd have been such a tiny little section of this article, whatever happened, we'd have been one of 50 podcasts at the best scenario here, and we prob- who would have actually read that far? And Although that said, the comment section on this article on the website, which we will link through in, you know, we will still continue to plug The Guardian and its, and its 50 podcasts that they can't live without, even as a podcast that they can live without. The comment section's had about a million comments on it. Everybody's weighed in it. People yeah. love talking about oh, podcasts. Oh, what about 
the Football Ramble is one of the biggest podcasts ever in the UK. It's like, well, it's shit and annoying, and that's why it's not there. Tell you what, there's a section in this because we've got the we've got the guide right here. There it is. Because I, I was going to frame it. <laughs> you bought the frame and everything. Yeah. The Guardian, how many of the other podcasts that you've included are going to give a shit about this article they enough won't to even frame know. it? They won't They're even They're not know. even going to care. Mark Moron, what, do you think he gives a fuck? No, he doesn't care about you. We would have plugged you to the high heaven, and in a way we kind of still are. And now no one's ever going to hear about The Guardian. <laughs> the best, com- uh, best comedy podcast section that they've got here. So you've got Comedy Bang Bang. Which, which is too long. Too which is long. too long. Comedy like Bang it. Bang. It's rambly. It's right. You need to edit better. My, I like Comedy Bang Bang, but it should be a half-hour podcast, not the two hours it often ends up being. Carry on. My dad wrote a porno. Which is fine. It's funny enough. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I like it. It's, it's, uh, if anything, that's the closest to Wiki Shuffle of anything I think so as well. There. It's quite similar. Uh, Mouth Time, which I've never heard, but, you know, Onion-style parody. The Bugle, we all know about that. And then Call Chelsea Peretti. And from, I, I believe, looking at it, that... We have been dropped from this section because they wanted to put a picture of Chelsea Peretti in there. I really think that's it because there was a nice space there and I think the editor said, there's not enough pictures on this page, get a picture of Chelsea Peretti in. And they've said, well, we'll have to do away with one of the podcasts, which is the shittest, wiki shuffle, let's get rid of it. And that's that's made me sad. So what, you think the article was originally called 51 podcasts that we can't live without? That seems unlikely. Oh, shit, yeah. I think my hypothesis as to what happens, and I'd love to know the actual story, was that at the last minute, whilst the, when the article was put in front of a, an editor, they said, well, there's no cereal on this list. Where's cereal? Everyone's heard of cereal. And so there's a section on podcasts that you've already heard of. I think that was put in as an editorial decision at the last minute, and they needed to make room for the five that are on there. Because nobody needs to be told about cereal or Desert Island Discs, which isn't even really a podcast anyway. When we said we were going to talk about this, we deliberately said we're going to do our best to not sound bitter or resentful <laughs> about it. And now we're sounding really bitter and really resentful. Yeah, but we we're are. not. We, we are. understand. No, we are. I am. Yeah. We Chris are. is silently fuming over there. I literally don't care. Um, I'm, I'm reading the article that they put on their website by it, and there is a lot of comments here. It's a lot of comments, and we could have been in that mix, yeah. but it's all right. Not I wanted bitter. people saying in the comment section, who the fuck's Wiki Shuffle? Why isn't like yeah. whatever podcast in there instead? That's yeah. what I wanted. Well, thanks, Nick from The Guardian. Nick? Rich? Nick. Oh, it's a stupid Guardian-y name anyway. <laughs> We're not going to sound bitter. Editorial decisions have to be made. And all we have to do is make the podcast better for the next time they well, run Well, it's lucky because this episode has been a right banger. On. Yeah, <laughs> oh man. We've nailed it. <laughs> we, right, I'll, I'll, okay, let's, let's not talk about Guardian. Eurovision was fun. That was fun. Came around my house, watched that. Yeah, we had a party. Phil was supposed to come along, and then he didn't. I was in too much of a funk over not appearing in the Guardian. I generally had, a, I genuinely had a bit of a nervous breakdown. We just yesterday. got away from the Guardian. <laughs> I know, but we got back onto it because I, I got really upset yesterday, and it's, it's pitiful because we do what we do here out of the love and just enjoying it, and it was so stupid. But I was in a bit of a, a wobbly place yesterday. See, your editorial decisions, The Guardian, have impact on real people's lives. Yeah, but it's only Phil. Mm. Oh, yeah, good point. Right. We got some gifts in the post. We did. We got some some puzzle books. Puzzle books. So thank you, Kaylee, for sending us some presents in the post. We got some puzzle books, and I've already done one of the puzzles. What's a runogram? Well, I don't know. I'll find out. But I'm going to do these, and I'm going to win. 
Uh, and of course, she sent us a postcard as well. If she hadn't have sent us a postcard, this wouldn't be being mentioned mm-hmm. because it's postcards that we want. And you can send us a postcard by writing to Wikishuffle HQ 1B Headlands Kettering NN157ER. Kaylee's postcard of the lake view at Kew Gardens will be going on our wall mm-hmm. of postcards, along with all the others we've received with great thanks. And we will um, add yours to the collection if you send it through to us. Elsewhere... And this is something that we're supposed to have mentioned by now. Mm. The nominations are out for the UK Podcast Awards again. Yeah. I don't know if you remember us going on about it a little bit this time last year, because we won Best Comedy category. It's been a very self-indulgent podcast, this one, hasn't it? Uh, Yeah. Even more so than usual. About average. So we need you to mobilise, please. That's what they say, isn't it? I hate it as a term. There there are less categories this year, Mm. so we are in the... There are fewer categories this year. So we have put ourselves forward for the best UK podcast. And in the first round, it is down to public vote and it is a Facebook vote. So please click through, either follow us on Facebook and then you'll be able to see us from there or visit wikishuffle.co.uk and there front and centre is a big blue button that says vote for us. Click on that, scroll down until you see our name on the list of people you can vote for and click for us. We're about 15th at the minute, I think. We need to be in the top 10 to make it through to the, the final. Oh, the next round of voting, I think, is okay. how it works. Well, we're, we're only a handful of votes outside the top ten. Um, so if you have ever enjoyed this podcast, it would be a great help if you do log on to our website, uh, click the links, and it literally takes under a minute. Yeah, while you're there, you can look at the show notes for this episode and previous episodes with outtakes and the like included. That's enough, yeah. That is definitely No enough. moaning about The Guardian next week. No, we'll be over it by then, unless things have progressed and they maybe. Re- maybe we'll get a detailed apology from the Guardian explaining explaining the exact story of what happened and to why we were excluded. So. It would be nice. It would be interesting to know what process was involved there as to to why we got dropped. Oh, look how fascinating the process behind crisps was. I imagine the process behind a newspaper would be a much more exciting venture. Mm. So let's find out. We will. And. Uh, Joking aside, and all of our annoyance to one side, it is amazing that we even got considered by The Guardian that they were even thinking about putting us in there. Well, we are officially, then, the 51st best podcast in the world, Mm. according to The Guardian, and I will take that for now. For now. We'll be back on Friday with the second part of our interview. Interview? Guest special with Stacey from Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour podcast. Until then, we'll see you later. Ta-ra! Right. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.